Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. It's another new episode of the Define University podcast, and you know what time it is. It is time for another Q&A. So yes, we are already at episode 30, which means we are at the sixth edition of Q&A. And you guys did not disappoint this week. Not that you ever do, but man, the questions you submitted this week were ones that I don't know I was ready for expecting, um, but ones that I I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go there. Um, And they're not anything crazy. They're just, I guess they're a little different. There are things that I don't know that I would have shared about here on the podcast um, if it hadn't been for these questions. So which is why I absolutely love doing these Q&As. One, I want to make sure that I am answering your questions. Uh, and two, I love I love the questions because it gets me personally to expand and talk about things that I don't, again, like I said, I don't know that I would have talked about without them. So that's awesome. Keep your questions coming. I absolutely love them. Remember, every fifth episode on the podcast is a Q&A edition. So keep that in mind. Send me, message me, email me. You know how to reach me. Let me know those questions. You can even actually do it as I'm thinking about this on the website. If you head over to defineuniversity.com, not only can you find out information about my services, about my courses, about my coaching, but you also can uh, submit, you can catch all the podcasts and you can also submit a question for the podcast uh, right there on the website. So go check it out. If you haven't checked it out in a few days, go, you know, I'm always updating, always adding things. So go check it out. Again, it's University with Y-O-U.com. Uh, so let's jump into our first question. How about that? All right. So the first question was, what is your biggest pet peeve as an educator? And not going to lie, the first the, the time I read this question, I go, oh, I don't like it because it has like kind of that negative connotation to it. And you guys know me. I'm all about positivity, not in that positive is sunshine and roses, but that positivity is meaning. And so I, I kind of reworded the question. I reworded the question to what gets me fired up? What lights, what lights me up? What gets my passion to show? Because when I think of pet peeve, I often think of what gets me angry, what gets me frustrated. And I don't want to go there. I don't I don't like to live in a land. Doesn't mean I don't get angry. Doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. But if I don't do anything with those emotions, then I let them win. I let them win because I'm then angry and I'm not able to see things through a through a clearer lens. When I get frustrated, I shut down. That's just what I personally do. So instead, that's why I believe so much in staying curious, in wondering, in staying fascinated. Because when I do that, I get fired up. When I can ask questions, I get fired up. So I'm I'm going to, if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to rewrite this question to what gets me fired up. And I'm going to share a couple different things with you that gets me fired up that, you know, I often will then say like, all right, thanks for letting me be on my soapbox or my TED talk, because they just, they light that fire in me of where do we need, where does change need to happen? Where do we need to do some reform when it comes to things inside and outside of the classroom? So the first is uh, through the lens of PBIS. So I'm not going to talk here about my thoughts on PBIS today. Maybe that's a, that's a tale for another episode, but there's one part of the PBIS matrix that 
that often is included in schools that just, it's not so much that it's on the matrix, it's how we're using it within the classroom. So it is the, it is the, the domain of being ready to learn. And why this frustrates me is, <laughs> or there, there's that word, why this fires me up, we're going to use that word so it's a more passionate answer, is that I, I will hear from teachers, you know, when I will go in and I'll say, oh, what are we doing? What are you guys working on? Or what's going on? What's the, tr str what's the struggle? What's the challenge? We'll say, well, the student is just isn't ready to learn yet. And we're working on being ready to learn. Ugh, and it, it ends up being an excuse. Um, it, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. It ends up being an excuse that it's the student's fault. It's not the student's fault. We've got to do better. What are we doing as the teacher, as the educator, to show that they are ready to learn? I don't believe ready to learn is you do X, Y, and Z and you're there. You're good to go. They are teaching steps that we teach to teach the most effective way to learn. But in order to do that, I have to teach the student what learning looks like, sounds like, feels like. If you are teaching a student to be ready to learn, when do we ever get to the learning? When do we get to the teaching? And so I, it, it, to me, it resembles this concept of hope. Well, we're hoping by doing these things, they're gonna, be, they're gonna become a quote unquote learner. They're already a learner. Redefine what learner is. The moment that a, a person steps into a school building, they are a learner. And I said person because I believe that to be student and teachers, student, kids, and adults. We are all learners and we are all teachers, just like we are all leaders. And so when we look at being ready to learn, what are we looking at? We're looking at things like we're in our own space. We have personal space boundaries. Maybe it's that we have the materials we need. Maybe it's that we're listening for directions. I'm thinking about my work. I'm excited to grow my brain. But the problem I have with those is other than having materials and it my, that I'm in my space, I can't see those things. I can't see listening. I can't see thinking and I can't see being excited to grow my brain. But what I can see is a student that that takes a second attempt, that a student that listens and then does the action of what the direction was, the student that asks questions for clarity. See, those are all things that I can look for, but they're also things that I can teach. I can teach how to respond to a question. I can teach how to ask a question. I can teach how to organize my materials. I can teach how to have a growth mindset through deliberate actions that can be taken. See, I think when we talk about being ready to learn, I think we have to have a foundational understanding that all students are ready to learn. That's why they're coming to school. But let's instead, let's focus on how can I teach these, these qualities, these actions that students can take to increase their learning. Not that we use ready to learn as an excuse. I told you guys, when I get fired up, I get going. So hopefully this is making sense. All right, the second thing, so I couldn't just stop at one. The second thing that gets me fired up is language use. So at Define You, we focus on three main pillars, mindset, language, and action. The language we use is essential. It is powerful. It is what I would call our most powerful free resource, meaning I don't have, it doesn't cost any money for me to use my words, but the words I choose, the words I choose to use are either going to impact in a way that is going to lead to growth or they're gonna impact in a way that's going to hold me back. They're gonna be a barrier. So language like this is, we have to do it because I, I've been told I have to do it this way. This is what I was told. This is how we do it. That kind of language to me falls into shouldville. 
I should do this because. And anytime we're in shouldville, we're doing something because someone else said so, not because it's something we believe. Because if it's something I believe, it's not going to be a have to, a need to, or a should. It's going to be a choice. It's, I'm choosing to do this because it's what I believe to be true or what I believe to be the best or what I believe to be fill in the blank. So I think the language we use is so essential. And when I walk into a room or when I talk with an educator and say, well, I just have to do that, I, I don't I don't buy it. I'm going to say, well, what are you choosing then? Are you choosing to buy it as truth or are you choosing to ask questions? Not in a way that's going to, again, create a power struggle. But if you aren't, if you aren't agreeing with something, you absolutely have a voice. And our students have voices too. So we think what gets me fired up is reminding educators that they and students have a voice and it's how we use our voice that leads to that impact. Along with language use, it's talking in front of the kids. Let's stop. I guess talking negative. <laughs> talking in front of the kids about a problem, about something that's going on. If you are talking, whoever you're talking in front of, they should be involved in the conversation. And I also believe that to be true if they if they aren't there. So if you're having a meeting and you're saying things that you would not say if the student was present or the parents were present, then we as educators need to do a better job of using stronger language. Again, it's not saying we can't have those thoughts or those questions or those wonders, but let's practice Let's practice what we preach when we're with students and when we're with when we're not. Because at the end of the day, if we use language in one location and that is what we feel comfortable using, we're going to use that language no matter where we are. And that is not going to help our relationships or our connections. It's actually going to do the opposite and it's going to hurt. So when we are talking, this it's this whole concept of being intentional with the words that you're choosing and being having that growth, that growth mindset of always being learning and teaching from one another through the conversations that we're having. The last one that I will mention for this question is having pre-planned consequences. So I consequences are a tool. They are simply what happen after a behavior to, to learn from, to either learn to continue to do that behavior or learn to do a different behavior. But they are a tool. They are not, they're a tool for teaching, not for showing authority. So if I am using pre-planned consequences, meaning if this happens, then this happens no matter what, then I, am, I have simply created a system. I have not created a way to teach. And so when you are looking at your consequences, I want you to look at how, what contextual variables am I using to understand why the student did the behavior, what problem is being solved, and then what's the best tool for teaching that is going to either teach the student to continue this behavior, if it's one that is serving their needs in an expected way, and if it's unexpected, then how do I teach, how do, what, how do I use consequences as a tool for teaching to teach them a simpler, more efficient, more predictable way to have that same problem met? All right, so there you have, that is what gets me fired up um, basically on any given day in education. Um, so let's jump on into question number two. So this was, if you weren't in the field of education, where would you be? And ooh, this, this question led to a little, uh, I guess, journey, a little history journey for myself, professional growth, personal growth, um, because I've, I've been there. <laughs> I've actually done that. Um, so I... For those of you not aware of my story, I started out teaching. I taught in the classroom in two different classrooms, um, actually three positions across two different districts in five years. Um, two of the positions were K2, self-contained special education teacher, and then I was also a third and fourth grade consultant teacher for about half of a year. And I, without going into that whole story, it led to burnout. 
I, I burned out, I burned out of so many things. And I remember, um, you know, I, I left the classroom in May. So I, that fifth year, I didn't finish. So here in New York, we go through June. Um, so I left in May and I, I can remember searching, what else can I do with an education degree? What else can I do with a master's in special special education? And then when I wasn't really finding anything that kind of sounded good that I liked, I, I just kind of I kept searching jobs in Rochester, New York. So I I was there. Um, and I, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful for mentors in my life that reminded me that, you know, teaching is one lens of education, that there are other options out there for me, even if I couldn't see them for myself. Um, and so I, I don't know that answer because what I found is, is education is where I'm meant to be. Um, it's, it was redefining though and expanding my definition of what education gets to be. Um, and so, you know, I've done behavior consultation, behavior specialist positions. Um, I was a OPWDD coordinator, but everything I've done over the last 15 years has been in the field of education. So I can't see myself outside of that field, but I think the roles we serve within this field can change. And that is more than okay. I held on to a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of doubt in who I was because I stepped outside of the classroom. I felt that if I went to school, see, I visioned that I went to school to be a teacher. And I had a very limited mindset of what a teacher was. I now recognize a teacher is someone that teaches. An educator is someone that educates. But there is not one place or one way that that happens. There are multiple. And it's expansive, meaning who I am today is not going to be who I am next week, next month, next year, because we're continually growing. But I do believe it only gets better from here. And that's when I talk about be, bringing your best to today. That is your best of today, which means we get to create today to be the best day ever. And then it only goes up from there, which means tomorrow is going to be better than today. And the next day is going to be better than that day. And we do that through learning through each day and growing into tomorrow. So for me, I'd be in the field of education, but I would continue to expand what that looks like. And one way I've expanded that over the last year is, is define you. Define you is one year old, which means in one year, this podcast has started. My one-on-one -on -one coaching has started. Ignite Your Legacy has started. My mentorship has started. My regional presentations and school consultations and training has started. So many things because I believe in the power of expansion, not restriction. And so the field of education continues to expand, which means we as educators get to expand. So, so my point here is don't limit yourself. We all live into the role as an educator, but what that looks like on any given day, week, month, or year gets to change based on who I am and based on my own personal growth in the situation. So the last question was one that um, was, I saw you've gone back to school and, and how come? So this person wanted to know a little bit about why I'm back in school. And, and yes, I am, if you're not familiar with that or not aware of that. I recently started back in May um, administrative courses um, here in Rochester, New York. And it's something that has always been on my on my vision board. It's something I've always felt called. 
being on college campuses is actually a place that I often call home. I just love it. It's one of those when I when I step onto college campuses, it really doesn't matter which one it is. Um, I just feel at home. And and being a college professor is something that will be a it's a goal of mine now. It will be a reality at some point. Um, and it's just something I'm very passionate about. So. I believe in reframing and re reforming teacher prep to include this work, to include mindset work, language work, action work that aligns to beliefs and trust and, and truth in who we are. Um, and I believe that, that that can happen at the teacher prep level. And so one of my my thoughts or, or one of my goals was to continue building and strengthening my own leadership abilities. Um, I have an internal love of learning. I'm an educator at heart, which means I'm always learning. I'm always learning from others and learning about myself and then connecting the two. And I, you know, I had basically what, what let me say yes now is I had an opportunity to attend a college, University of Rochester, that I respect and I admire. And it just when it sounds it sounds cliche, but literally everything aligned. I had the time, the financial piece was in place, and I said, you know what, I don't have any other excuses as to why this shouldn't happen. So you know what? I'm choosing to make this happen. Yes, it's more work. Yes, it's time, but I don't look at those things. I look at this as an investment in who I am to strengthen who I am because by learning who I am, by listening, learning, and leading, I'm living into all of who I am, which means I then get to connect stronger to myself as well as stronger with each of you every single day. So that in a nutshell is why I've gone back to school. It was this kind of perfect alignment coming together of a goal that I've had and this vision that I've had and all these other variables coming into place where I literally couldn't say, I couldn't come up with a reason not to, which then led me to believe, okay, then this is what I'm meant to do. So sign on the dotted line. And since then, I have been loving it. I'm already, I'm, I'm almost three classes in. Um, I will be finishing up in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got an internship coming up. So I'm just, I'm so excited to keep learning and to keep sharing what I'm learning with each of you to keep living into and finding my own purpose and passion. Because yes, I have it, but guess what? That too gets to grow. And the more that I learn things and understand things, I get to keep growing, which I believe is an amazing power that we as educators have. So with that, that is, that is my answer to that question, as well as the other two. I love these episodes, and I hope you do as well. Um, keep those questions coming. And until next time, have an amazing week ahead, and we'll talk soon. Well, there you have it, everyone. Another new episode of the Define University podcast is in the books, and I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And if you did, would you do me a favor? Would you head on over and rate, review, subscribe, and even share that out with your friends? And let's let everyone know the amazing world of Define University. Would you do that for me? I would so appreciate you for that. And if you find yourself wondering, what's next? What else is out there? How else can I define who I am as an educator? How do I master my mindset? How do I I use powerful language every day? And how do I take aligned action to truly achieving the goals I have to, to create my present day reality, to be the most amazing reality there is? Well, then I, I would encourage you to head on over to defineuniversity.com and uh, check out the courses page. That is all that I offer here. And if you see something that you've got questions that piques your interest, do me a favor, send me an email. Let's connect. I'm here for you every single day. So with that, remember to keep shining bright, live into your authenticity, love who you are, trust who you are, and most of all, own who you are so you can stand confidently in saying, this is who I am. We'll talk soon, everyone.